Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app, that's A-N-C-H-O-R, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to episode number five of Inside the 435. Today we are with Ali Sadiq to talk about uh, many things, including the coronavirus, Iran. And since I haven't recorded an episode in like 10 days, which I'll get to the reason. um, Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. So definitely. Yeah, let's just hop in. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, Could be better, (laughs) Uh, but I'm all right. So. I haven't done an episode and I think it's been around 10 days. I think it was two weeks ago that I really like uploaded the uh, episode with Myra Smith. Um, and the reason was I was getting a new microphone and a bunch of new stuff on my desk and I had my entire desk cleared off. So even if I, you know, had a guest and wanted to do an episode, I didn't have anything ready. So, I mean, I could have probably done it, but I was lazy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Right now, it is the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, coronavirus is kind of out of control, and it's not going to get better in the next few days. Um, because, you know, reports show that 60% of Americans are cha- have changed their plans uh, to incorporate less or no people outside of their immediate family. And that leaves, you know, the 40%, which is millions and millions of people who are going to be traveling, interacting with family from, you know, other states, other side of the state, you know, different countries. So we're definitely going to see a jump in the next few days. So what has happened? um, You know, we live like 50 miles apart. So what's happened, you know, in your County and your schools, you know, what Um, actually County, they just shut down um, starting December 4th, all schools are all um, junior high, high schools are going to be remote or online until um, January 11th and K through six schools or elementary schools have the, um, have the option of being in person or online. Sports have been canceled for that remainder, and all in-person extracurricular activities. So you're in, um, you're in Lucas County, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what they did in Lucas County is they shut down all, um, you know, schools. Was it above eighth grade or above sixth grade? Um, middle and high schools. Okay, so they shut down schools until you said January 11th. Yeah, well, um, from December 4th to January 11th. Okay, so our schools haven't shut down yet. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to follow your county, though. I'm in yeah. Wood County, um, and I have a feeling we're going to you know, follow suit because things are not going well here. 
in our county, I live in Perrysburg and our count, our city isn't, you know, big, you know, in population. I don't think we're the most in, um, in Woody County. I think Bowling Green's higher, but, uh, we have the most coronavirus active cases in, uh, the entire county. Uh, you know, my family incorporating, you know, more than one of those. So, you know, we're definitely seeing it. Um, and, I don't see our school. I don't see us going back to school in 2020. Um, you know, right yeah. now we're already not going until December 6th or 7th is our first day of school. We're going in person for this like next week after Thanksgiving. Then we go back online until January 11th. So why are you going in person? It's just because um, it's not required to be online for this next week. Okay. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that the, uh, you know, teachers need to yeah. get ready before then. Um, but yeah, we, I have a feeling that we're not going to, you know, our school, we're supposed to go back on December 7th. Uh, and, you know, I can't go back till the 9th um, because of, you know, cases in the family and, uh, you know, isolation. But, yeah, I don't see us going back uh, in 2020 at all. I mean, they already said we're not going back the week after Thanksgiving because they know people are going to be, you know, interacting with family. And then we would have a month and then we're also not going back the week after Christmas because people are going to be interacting with family, but I don't see us going back in 2020. I think we'll probably follow Lucas County's lead. Yeah, I assume so. So, uh, what else did we, uh, you know, what, what, what else majors happened in the past 10 days? Is, um, Trump moving, a lot of planes from South Dakota to, I guess, bases around the Iran region, the per, like, the Persian Gulf, and um, removing ground troops from Afghanistan and taking them into the um, Persian Gulf area. So, do you think that this is a military tactic? Do you think that this is a, uh, you know, last month in office tactic? What do you think he's doing I think here? This is a last month in office tactic. I think what Trump's trying to do. He's trying to get us into a war, and you can't go into a war with an economy that's barely recovering. And Trump's going to be out of office pretty soon, and we're going to have Biden as president. And if Biden's in a full-fledged war with Iran, he's going to have to divide his focus between war with Iran and um, and an economic crisis caused by um, by COVID, which we're already seeing. Like the stocks are going down, and we've been trying, we've been recovering at certain parts, and a recovering economy can't cope with um, a full-fledged war in the Middle East. But I think. On Trump's, um, from a political perspective, on Trump's part, this is a smart move because if you set it up for a war with the people do not want, and an economic, um, and an economic crisis at home due to this war and COVID, like together, um, you're going to cause, um, um, but people are going to blame the president, and the president at that time is going to be uh, Joe Biden. So in 2022, the midterm, I think we can see the House flip and the Republicans gain a larger majority in the Senate. And this won't be over in four years, obviously. So I think come the 2024 election, we can see um, a Republican become president. Do you think that, that what's happening is essentially Trump uh, making a clear effort to, you know, screw over, you know, soon to be President Biden? Yes. Yeah. So do you think that this is going to be a successful effort? Like, do you think that we're going to seriously see, um, you know, a major you know, problem from this effort in the future? Are we going to actually see, you know, a war with Iran? Well, the problem is we don't know what this war is being fought, I guess, for or over. We don't know if this is like the attempted ground invasion of Iran or if this is just a destroying of their general infrastructure. But um, 
I think that all really depends on what um I think that all really depends on what the basis of the war is. If the war is like if the goal of the war is an invasion of Iran, which likely it's not, um, that would result in even further destabilization of the Middle East. But if it's just to um, I guess like show the country and like the, just the region in a whole who's boss, we could um, I think succeed in showing them that like, the U.S. is and will always be a dominant force in the region, even though we're not actually there geographically. So when Biden becomes president, we're most likely going to see a uh, national shutdown, or at least that's what we believed um, a few weeks ago when we talked. So, you know, with things not getting better, you know, really only getting worse, do you think that that's still, you know, in our future, you know, like January, February? If we end up going to a war, I don't think the national shutdown is an option or possibility at that point. So here at the moment, you know, we're talking about a lot of possibilities, a lot of uh, you know, things that could happen in the future, a lot of efforts by President Trump, you know, last ditch efforts before he leaves, leaves office. What do you see as the most likely scenario over the next month or two? The most likely scenario, I think, us going to a war with Iran. And when I say war, I don't mean like a ground war. I mean like airstrikes in the early parts of the first Persian Gulf War, just like airstrikes and um, base bombings, um, the typical like we see now in that region. And then I see that making it unable for Biden to um, shut down the country because to shut down the country, um, I think a main reason we were able to shut down the country in, um, in April and May is because at that point, the econ- the stock market was at an all-time high. Like, we were doing better in the economy than we had ever seen in, the, um, in these past years. So um, we're, the economy was able to handle a little bit of that downturn. And it turned out to be a, a lot, like um, almost a recession, not a exactly but um a lot of economic downturn so i think but with an economy that's recovering not only can it not afford a shutdown without a war but if we were to wage a war with iran we like there's no possible way that we the economy can handle a shutdown yeah i would agree so we talked and we said that um we think that it's going to happen you know earlier we said that we believe that biden will shut down the country but we both agreed that it wasn't that our our economy was not going to be able to support that yeah you yeah, know we, we both agreed that it was definitely going to cause some problems yeah so are we looking at you know a potential recession in you know february or march you know whenever this well, potential I, government shutdown well, occurs the specific like the definition of a recession like the economic um definition is a negative GDP for two consecutive quarters. So like, economically speaking, we could not have a full-fledged recession until um, we're going to find out in December what the GDP was. So the earliest we could have a full recession like would be March, the latest um, likely July. So are you saying it's unlikely? Like, even recession? in March, even in March or July? Um, well, a recession in March depends on the GDP um, of the quarter we're currently in. That I do not know exactly. I don't think we're in the negatives. So um, don't quote me on that. Um, but I think if we do go into a shutdown, we could see long-lasting economic impacts that do go into July and see us in a recession as we'd have a negative GDP for the first and second quarters of next year's fiscal year. So you agree that the government couldn't handle it, whether we're going to see a complete recession is you know unlikely in March, possible in July. I think if we go into a shutdown, it's likely in July to happen. Oh, so so you you think that it is 
probable that in July we will only if you know, we go by definition go into an economic sh- um or if country. like if we wage a war that um like economically is draining or we go into a shutdown I think either one of those could cause a recession. All right. So a lot of times what this turns into is us talking current events and us talking, you know, pretty much, you know, reporting news and debating on it. Yeah. So what I want to do is talk more about, you know, long-term things, you know, not COVID related, not president Trump related, but we'll talk like, you know, major political issues of the past decade. So we've heard your stance. Actually, I think it was before, uh, the inside the 435 rebrand so i don't even know if we have that episode anymore but we talked about your stances on things like abortion gun control so what you know in basic terms would be your you know if somebody asked you what's your stance on abortion what would you tell them like personally speaking and ethically speaking i'm against it like i would never have like or encourage someone to do it like I, i would not encourage someone to do it um i'm not like for it i think it's ethically wrong I don't. That doesn't mean I necessarily think we should ban the institution of abortion. I think because we have a system that, like, there hasn't been any like conflicts, or not, I don't mean like violent conflicts, but like political conflicts or major um, course cases over abortion. I don't think that's. Um, I think like the system we have right now is fine. If a system's working, we don't need to change it. So you think it's a statewide issue, or do you think that the state shouldn't be involved in abortion? Constitutionally, abortion is a state issue. As the, um, I believe it's the ninth or tenth amendment states. If an issue or if a topic is not listed in the U.S. the the Constitution, that it is a state issue. So I think, like legally speaking, abortion is a state issue. Okay, so now should it be a government issue at all? Like here, my I would think I think that abortion, um, you know, like what happens, what a woman chooses to do with her body, and um. You don't. I don't think that the state should be involved at all. I think it should be a, you know, I just don't think there should be intervention from the government at all. Like, how do you feel about well, government I, intervention, any, any intervention in abortion? Like any sector or group or government or like group is going to have to have like is going to have to be permissible by the government. You can't just have um, an organization or a group that like the government is completely against. So I think like the institution has to be allowed by the state but the state doesn't necessarily need to run the institution, if you know what I mean. So, you know, there needs to be regulations because, you know, any uh, organization needs to have regulations. Yeah, from... you can't just have, like, someone set up a shack and say that's... Right, right. right. Where, you know, where a, you know, in our country, obviously, you have the right to... I think you have the right to have an abortion. You know, that's just my belief. But the state shouldn't, I don't think, yeah, be completely... Uh, deciding all regulations for you know abortion clinics like whether or not they can uh a exist um you know and uh i think the do, state you know, allowing them to exist that's something that needs to happen because of like you, you need a government to support if you want something to actually go into action and exist i just think it's like more so the specifics of how they are run which the government shouldn't be intervening in as much so whether or not they're like i mean i i don't think that the government should be deciding because the government in the U.S., you know, tends to be um, wealthy white men. Like, that is what our government has been. That's what it currently is. You know, it's changing, like, you know, as the years goes on. But do you think that wealthy white men in Congress or the Senate should be deciding uh, what a woman should do when she, you know, gets pregnant and, 
either can't support a child, doesn't want to support the child, or you know, medically cannot support a child. This is kind of kind of be controversial, but um, they're the ones who put him in power, so I guess they're the ones who have the ultimate say. If they didn't want that person to be representing them and their, I guess, like wants and needs, then they shouldn't have put that person in power necessarily. Right. That's what I say when people complain about Governor Whitmer. Uh, Governor Whitmer won by, you know, a decent amount. It wasn't like the closest race in the world. And I cannot find a single person who lives in Michigan who likes Governor Whitmer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a problem. Also, the Republicans put in, they didn't put in like a necessarily innovative candidate. They just put in um, a failure candidate. And you're referring to oh, oh, the, the Whitmer race. Whitmer race, like the Republican in that race. Okay. So I think, you know, here I would say that, um, there should be government regulation, but not government control when it comes to yeah, 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 abortion that, yeah. institutions. I, I, I believe like in a deregulated economy, I believe in like minimal government impact, but still something would need to like, have some form of government support to be able to be functioning and running. So right now we're being very um, uh, like legal and talking, you know, you know, uh, if you're actually looking at uh, government policy and looking at you know how abortion clinics are run in the U.S. Let's talk more about moral belief. Um, um like morally, you said that you were against it, and you wouldn't yeah. have, you wouldn't promote it, you nope. wouldn't have a member of your family. You know, you would discourage that. Yeah, morally, I'm against it. So I would say morally, I'm against it too, because I don't think that we should be killing, you know, babies, right? Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't like to use the term baby because I know that, you know, people on the left, which you know is me. Uh, do not like to use the term baby because when they think baby, they think somebody that's been born. You know, by definition, that is what a baby is. But I think like the, my belief, like on abortion, is based like is based on theological beliefs. Like my theological belief, I'm Muslim. It's um like after the heart starts beating, that's like when it's considered alive. So um, in this like I, in our holy book, it's like that's a wrongdoing. Abortions are very wrongdoing. So, you know the uh most people in the united states are some form of christian and yeah. that's the reason that um the majority of the united states is pro life yeah. um so that's you know my theological belief as well but i also try to separate you know my theological beliefs from my um yeah definitely definitely from my you know political beliefs so if i'm thinking politically like obviously theologically it's wrong you know my religion believes that it's wrong, you know, you know, yeah. you should not kill stuff like that. But I also believe that religion is outdated in a lot of scenarios and people are going to, you know, blindly follow every aspect of it. Like that's going to happen whether or not it's right or wrong. But, you know, the Bible is very inaccurate in many cases. Like if we lived our life, like the Bible, you know, the Catholic Bible tells us to, we'd be in a world of trouble because, you know, it's yeah. an outdated, you know, slavery existed. Um, and you could, uh, you know, child labor was very much popular. Yeah. So we cannot live. I mean, our... I, still, like, I I try to live my life as much as like I can, like theologically speaking, how they told they tell me to, because like, that way of life can still apply and still would work in today's day and age, in in my opinion. So right. I mean, obviously, I try to live it in every way that I can when it comes to. Um, you know, my religion, but I also understand that in some cases it's very unrealistic. Um, and you know, a lot of times people try to use the Bible. Trump used the Bible in a, um, you know, one of his, 
um, in an interview, he sat down and he talked about the Bible. And it was, became, very, became very apparent he knew nothing about the Bible. Um, you know, they asked him whether he liked, you know, the Old Testament or New Testament. And he sat there for a second and goes, well, I like all of it. You know, in his mind, he's like, there's two of them. Um, no, but I feel like when people use the Bible or any, you know, book, religious book, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, controversial opinions in that book. Like um, when it comes to, you know, gay rights. Um, you know, LGBTQ rights, people say that the, you know, Catholic religion is against it and that, um, you know, you'll go to hell or whatever. Um, but it also says that God loves all people. So which, you know, which is it, which one are you going to go with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me that my stance on that, like that LGBT, I guess is similar to my stance on like abortion. Um, I'm not for it. I I, I don't openly advocate necessarily for it. Um, um, morally and ethically, I'm like, I think it's wrong, but, um, uh, like, I'm not gonna, if someone wants to, um, if someone is gay or, um, as part of the LGBT community, I'm not gonna, like, just stop them. By any means. So, I'm, you know, I would say that I'm, you know, against it, too, you know, given that I'm straight, you know, my immediate family is, you know, straight, and, um, you know, but I also have family members that are gay, um, and would you, like, let's say you had a family member who was gay, you know, and was going to marry a man obviously your religion wouldn't support that would you or your family support that like what you know would you go to that wedding oh. like i mean if you had a family member who you know had a biological drive to be with a man i mean would you support like that behavior i wouldn't necessarily support it but i wouldn't at the same time be against it like i wouldn't like be actively telling them to stop it and like not do it. but at the same time i wouldn't be like completely like i wouldn't be supporting them by all means you know Right. You know, I, you know, religiously, I, I guess somewhat religiously and somewhat morally, I believe that, you know, yeah. marriage is between a man and a um, woman because that's where that's that's a productive relationship that can yeah. biologically, um, you know, benefit society. And a relationship between two men or two women cannot um, directly biologically affect, um, you know, and benefit society. Yeah. But. You know, who's to say that a relationship between a man and a woman's only goal is to benefit society? Like, imagine if um, it became, you know, socially acceptable and normal to, you know, be gay and somebody told you that you, you know, you had to get rid of your wife, you had to dump your wife, and you had to find a man because that is the way society is built. That's, I mean, that's what it feels like, you know, we would assume. That's what it feels like, you know, for gay people who say that you cannot, you know, you maybe you do have a biological drive to be with a man, but... It's I mean, socially unacceptable, so you have to, you know, dump that and go find a woman and just, you know, agree to be yeah, unhappy. I, I don't know. I don't know much about that aspect. I, I'm just like, I just stand with my like, ideas on it. I'm, I'm, I'm like personally, morally, ethically, religiously, I'm against it. But I'm like, if someone is, um, uh, in the LGBTQ community, I'm not gonna like actively be stopping them or necessarily supporting them. Like I'm indifferent to their, um, um. I, I don't know how to put it, I guess. Um, uh, their life choices. See, here here's the thing, Ali. I don't, you're really boring to have on the show because you separate your religious and non-religious beliefs, you know, religious and political. So I can't debate you because, you know, no matter what, you're going to be like, you know, it's their life. They can do what they want, but I don't support yeah. it. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, that's, that's completely fine. You know, I'm not going to be able to convince a, you know, seven-year-old white male um, that, two guys or two girls being together is completely normal. 
and should be accepted. Yeah. Like yeah. that's difficult to do because it's your belief and people don't change their beliefs. You know, debates don't, don't change anybody's minds Yeah, no, unless you're undecided. A debate will not change your mind. You know, I've had multiple people who have watched our show and usually between me and you say, like I had, I think two people who have said to me, uh, that, you know, they were either Republican and now became a Democrat, a Democrat became a Republican. And when I asked them, you know, why, like, why did you change your mind just by watching my show? And they're like, well, I didn't like understand certain issues. So somebody who under understands issues is not going to change their mind. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. probably ever. I mean, unless they, you know, my opinion on taxes changes, you know, when I'm 15 years old without a job, um, attending a public school or when I become, you know, when I'm 25 employed and yeah. you know I'm, i mean my beliefs will probably stay pretty the same i think i have like a, a belief set that can't apply to my adult self i don't know if my beliefs would apply to my adult self i mean my opinion on abortion won't really change like yeah it, things that could change because that's you know that doesn't change an issue you're going to be dealing with but like an issue like taxes if like right now you go to public school you and you want to advocate for higher taxes because they pay for your schools, but if you're an adult in the workforce, you would advocate for lower taxes, um, I guess because that's the money you're taking. Now, I'm not saying like this is a, a real-life example or this right. is for me per se. This is just a hypothetical. The things that would change your political beliefs on moral standards like abortion, uh, the, the things that would change that are um, you know, situations in your household, like if a family member underwent, you know, undergoes an abortion – that could be something that changes your moral beliefs. Um, yeah. you know, or if you, you know, are with a woman and you, you know, produce a child and then she tries to abort that child. Those are things that could change your moral beliefs, but, um, like economic standards and your, um, you know, just your age, your, um, occupation, uh, your income won't, those are the things that are really going to change, um, yeah, based on your political beliefs when it comes to right. I mean, when I talk, when I have debates with people who adults who are Republican, you know, family members, um, their like opinions and the reason they have their opinions, I can't affect or change. Like, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you know a 50 year old man who uh, you know, works at a um, uh, you know, on like a frack. Right. I'm not going to change their opinions on fracking because, and I can respect that. Like I, if I were you, yeah, I, I mean, I know several people. And if I'm like, if I were you and I were a Democrat, I'd be insanely stupid. Like I know yeah. some people who, if they were Democrats, I would think they're, you know, stupid because yeah. it doesn't benefit them. But then again, when I meet people who, you know, um, when you're looking at their income and their race and their, you know, just everything about them, their religion, uh, their occupation. Uh, sometimes when I see people who don't follow, you know, their, uh, you know, what most of their religion or race or, you know, income, you know, bracket does, like, you know, somebody who's outside of the norms, right? So if you have a farmer uh, who makes $40,000 a year um, and lives in, uh, um, Oklahoma, who's a Democrat, right? They're probably not following their, you know, their societal standards, right. societal norms. So when I see someone like that, who's not focused on, you know, my first instinct is like, I, I think you're very stupid. But when I think about it, those people usually have their opinions and they're very like, 
not self-centered. You know, those opinions are moral. And I don't necessarily like love it when people vote only for, you know, their own benefit. Obviously I understand it and I'm not going to be like against it, but I think that like that point of voting for your own um, self-interest and I guess like your own pocketbook, that's I think what shaped a lot of the um, late 20th century, early 21st century voting like in um, the 1992 election, George H.W. Bush versus Bill Clinton. Um, George H.W. George Bush Sr. just won the, um, the Persian Gulf War, defeated Saddam Hussein. He would no longer be a major threat. But the economy was in a, um, a downturn, and pe- the people saw that their pocketbooks, that their, their salaries were going down, they were paying higher taxes. So um, they went with the new guy, Clinton, over um, Bush, who had been there for four years. Yeah, I like it when people don't vote, um, you know, for their own economic, um, you know, growth. But it, it's what makes sense, you know, and I understand it. So I'm not going to argue with somebody who should be voting for, like, if somebody's going to benefit from Trump being president, I'm not going to argue with you because if I were in your shoes, I would be voting for Trump and I would be supporting yeah. Trump because that's just what makes sense. Yeah. You know, and you're I'm, you're not going to change anybody's mind about that. Like, no. I mean, I don't like Trump and some people I'm like, yeah, you should definitely be voting. Um, so yeah, I think you're very, um, like, you know, two things. You're very professional and you're very basic. Um, you know, you separate your religious and your, um, you know, secular beliefs. And I think that's definitely a good skill to have. And it's a lot of, it's a skill that a lot of most people don't have. I think you know a lot of adult voters will not you know, separate those beliefs. So that's why it's very hard to argue with a lot of, you know, hardcore conservatives who uh, are Christian because they're going to throw the Bible in your face on every stance. I've always been a firm believer separation of state and, um, and like religion. I I don't like try to get my religious beliefs because like religious beliefs, those are personal, like two people with completely different religious beliefs will have completely different ideas on a subject. If you base, like argued on a non-secular basis, a religious basis, but if you vote on a sec, or if you um, debate on a secular basis of like logic, reason, and facts, then I think you can actually have an interesting debate where you both can come to a can come to a compromise. My bad, I am not feeling great. Um, Understandable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely easy to easy or hard to. It's hard to debate you, but it's easy to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm trying to figure out your moral standards, and then you say things like. Well, you know, I like to separate my moral standards. You know, morally, I believe this. Politically, I believe that. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, yeah. Um, I really, so I really want to start having some more, you know, far right leaning people on this show. You know, you know people I'm, who are go- who are going to have civil conversations, but who I also have a lot of respect for. I'll, be- I'll become further right. <laughs> I'll be- <laughs> I have some like much further right beliefs, economical and like foreign affair wise. If you want to talk about those, so what would be like your like, where on your spectrum are you the furthest right? Um, deregulation, taxes, um, capitalism, just like we talked about that before. And yeah, I guess about capitalism. foreign affair, like taking an aggressive standpoint and being the leader in that. So let's talk foreign affairs for a second. Trump's I, been very aggressive. Yeah. And he's also been very, um, you know, business-like. I've said that many times before. Trump treats his enemies like business. Um you know, partners like the way he interacts with Kim Jong Un is like a you know a business client. Yeah. Um, 
you know, nobody can disagree with that. You know, we can debate whether that is uh, a smart move or not. But, you know, that's the way he treats them. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just, you know, factually, that is the way he likes to go yeah. about um, yeah. foreign affairs. And, you know, whether or not that's benefiting us isn't something we can debate right now. What, when we're going to find out whether or not that benefits us is when he's gone. And I think that Biden is going to be much more... Um, Trump was very threatening, but I also think that Biden is going to be not more threatening like, you know, he's going to be posting on Twitter that he's going to press a big red button, but more threatening like he's going to, you know, use the full, you know, military strength. Like Obama, I, I felt was very, you know. I think Biden's going to be much very passive in this. I think Biden's going to take like Obama and he's going to be much more, um, I guess, lenient on these foreign countries. He like he has a good relationship with China, which I don't think we necessarily need right now. I guess I don't think we need appeasement right now, I guess, which is kind of what um, we'll see a Biden-esque administration do if um, we get some far left leading people in his cabinet in the state department. Um, I think America right now, we need someone who's going to go out there and who's going to go out to tell like China, Iraq, Iran, um, Russia, um, North Korea, that like, you guys aren't going to screw with us. Like if, if like you want to keep these sanctions and keep like economic problems going, um, we're, we're going to retaliate. We're going to fight back. And you believe that that person to do that is not Biden. No, no, I don't believe Biden is going to a fighter like that. And I would actually agree with you when you say that. Now, I don't think Biden's going to be too passive. I think he's going to, you know, he yeah, knows he has he's military gonna be more like more aggressive than Obama, but as aggressive as like Reagan, George Bush Sr., even George Bush Jr., or um, nowhere near that level. I mean, Biden's experienced. I think he knows. Like, I think Biden knows what he's doing. Um, And I think he also realizes, you know, just like Trump realized how strong our military is. And, you know, we have the strongest military in the U.S., and if we cut the military budget by 3%, we could prevent the next pandemic. Or that's what, you know, uh, medical, you know, economic experts are saying that it would cost two, you know, $22 trillion to pre- prevent the next pandemic, which is roughly 3% of our military budget, I believe. Um, yeah, I think our military budget is what makes us like a world superpower and keeps us a world superpower. Cause we know economically, I think we both know China's soon going to become the number one economy in the world. So I think we need to keep up that, um, that military strength so we can still have a stake as like one of the greatest world powers like, of our era. So when you're talking about like, so you, you think that our, you know, obviously our military budget is beneficial, right? Yeah. So I just did the math. Um, It's $28 billion to prevent the next pandemic, and that's exactly 3% of our military budget. So our military budget is what's keeping us, you know, as the strongest force. Yeah. But you think cutting that budget by 3% for two or three years, do you think that that would give us a major, be a major hit in our strength? Yes, because when you have like extremely nationalistic or countries with very nationalistic values and nationalistic people like China, um, that's going to cause a problem because a lot of the, um, I guess the majority of the strongest militaries in the world, um, while they um, they have high, extremely high military spending, as I'm sure we can assume, China with their, they have mandatory, I believe they have mandatory requirements, I'm not 100% sure, I know North Korea does. I believe Russia has some sort. Iran, they either used to or they still do. I'm not 100% sure. But these are all like some 
and or since the seventies, been some like, major world powers with strong. Um, so like any cut in the U.S. spending, like any cut in the amount we have, and not, not a cut in spending. I mean, like then a cut in um, vehicles and a cut in people. They'll see that and they'll realize, oh, we can if we increase now, we're gonna see um, we're gonna become a stronger military than the U.S. And I believe cutting the spending in the military will then to the domino where we'll keep then cutting little bits and little bits at a time for like other purposes. And then that will eventually lead to like large scale um, deficit in the amount we're spending on the military. So you don't think that uh, subtracting 3% from the military budget to pre- prevent the next pandemic, which is not necessarily in our sights. I know people have equated pandemics to uh, climate change, which I don't know the research on that. Do you? I, I, I don't know. So people have, you know, equated climate change to uh, pandemics, and they believe that we're, you know, going to see another pandemic in the next decade. Which, you know, this is kind of a, I think, a once in a century type of thing. Like yeah. at, yeah. at yeah. this we're scale, a COVID level um, pandemic, and I think science we're having great advancement. So once like we can get some type of a cure for a COVID, like um, COVID virus or COVID nineteen. We're going to see cures for like more of these types of viruses or these rhinoviruses. Yeah. So this people don't really realize how like crazy this COVID thing is going to like become. All right. So what it really hit in December of 2019 in China, we really got hit in March of 2020. And um, we are not supposed to be out of the thick of it by March of 2021. So that'll be one year out of like a lot of it with the vaccine by Pfizer. So you think that by March, like here, what, I mean, I've had this conversation with many people. When do you think we're going to be not wearing masks? When do you think we're going to be full capacity at football games? When do you think we're going to be going to work in school without masks or social distancing? When is our life going to be like it was on, in January of 2020? Fall, by come fall. So you think it's not going to be that long? You think it'll be a um, gradual decline or, you know, a gradual ascent in, you know, normality over the next year and we'll be back. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll be able to open things up more come this spring and summer as we get va- waves of vaccines going and more people get it. And then come fall, I think we should return to some form of normalcy. But is that- COVID going to be a yearly thing? Like, I mean, pe- scientists have said that, that COVID could come like the flu and it could just be a thing that happens, but we have vaccines for it. So, you know, it's yeah, more rare than it is now. COVID, I think it will become like the flu, but like we don't shut down schools because of the flu. We don't um, shut down the country because of the flu. So I think if it becomes like the flu, it won't really be a problem. It'll just be like another virus that might just be like seasonal. Right. There'll be advertisements on TV. You know, yeah. it's that time of the year. Come get your coronavirus vaccine. So you think we're going to get to that point and it's going to be not that big of a deal. People are still going to die from it. Like people die from yeah. the flu every year. But, like, but it's not going to be like, at this scale. Nothing's going to shut down. We're not going to wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. And are you are you here? Are you afraid of the virus like now? Have you here? Have you had it? I, I've not had it. No. And have you, you know. Are you are you afraid to get it, or are you more like not excited, but like are you more like ready to get it to get through it? Like I'm not. I I have. I mean, I was ready to get it. Um, I mean, like I obviously don't want to get it. Right, right. I don't want to be at risk of anything. Well, I wouldn't say I'm afraid to get it. Like if you tested positive, you wouldn't like you know break down, get all scared. No, no, no. I think like I'm not. I'm I'm not an at risk person. I'm a healthy person. I have two fully functioning lungs. I run, so like I, I think I have pretty good lungs. Um, I, I think like I it, sh- it shouldn't be that entirely bad. And I think it's also like a case to case scenario for people. Like I know people who said, 
oh, it's just a mild cold, but then there are people in the ICU unit, in ICUs. So, and there are um, people who haven't gotten their taste back for three months. Yeah. And then there are people who get their taste back within days. So yeah. we, we don't know enough about this even yet. Um, I can tell you I'm definitely not in the thick of it. I have currently sore throat, um, you know, a wet producing cough. Um, I had the chills for a while, headache, um, you know, this really weird pain where it like waves through your body. Like it starts at your shoulder, like a really sharp pain. And then it, it's so weird. I wouldn't say it's the worst thing I've experienced. It's not the worst thing I've experienced yet. Um, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow if I yeah. can do one tomorrow or like, you know, whenever I, we do another one, we'll talk about, you know, what it was like, you know, how my family got through it. But it's at the moment, you know, you know, my dad's got it the worst. No, I think my dad and my mom have it the worst right now. Um, they're about three or four days into it. I think it was Sunday. So yeah, like three days into it. Um, you know, it's it's achy bones, uh, chills, tiredness. So like I'm, you know, kind of dying here, but th- this is good. This is fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a thing that comes, you know, once every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so, at time, and I don't think like we'll see a pandemic such like this one for a while i think i, think, I don't like, think i don't think we'll live to see one at the rate that's like science is like we have to take into account science isn't just going to plateau or stagnate after this virus we're not just going to be at the same we're going to keep having new innovations and um new discoveries that are going to be able to combat the world's newest um viruses and um these infectious diseases before like they might even come out to this full scale yeah so let's talk about um one more like you know hot topic which could take us you know, over our hour that we usually do about. Um, let's talk about a, a topic that I've struggled with for a long time because, you know, I'm a Democrat. I, you know, believe in people's rights to, you know, be gay or identify how they want. But gender identity is something I've had a hard time with because there are some radical opinions and radical things that the Democrats push that I, I just have trouble, like, agreeing with. Like, I don't understand a lot of this. I know, like, I, I, I remember... Like, when I first learned about it, I knew, like, male-female. Then I have, like, transgender, where, like, you're either female or male-to-female. I don't know, like, the specific terminology. And then, like, non-binary. Yeah, I studied this a very little amount, just so I could bring this up, but... I don't know, wait, (laughs) really anything about that. There are... So, here, have you, you know, seen people with, like, very weird pronouns? Like, they're not he, they're not she, they're not they. They're, like... I've I've only seen he she like he him he she and then um like they them that's it. Okay, well th- this is like not even you know an ironic thing I'm showing you. This is like actual pronouns that people use, and I don't even know how to pronounce them, so I'm just gonna put them on the screen. It's x e slash x e m or like z z m. Okay, is it Greek? And these are pronouns people seriously use. Is it like the letter like? The anglicized letter X or use like Greek alphabet X and Z. Oh no, it's just like the X, I think. Oh, like the anglicized. And they're called they're called neo pronouns. And I don't so like here. I believe that you should identify how you want, but I don't know what like what that means. I don't know what yeah. you're accomplishing. Like there are people here. This is like, this say- isn't like a normal thing that the left supports, but there are people on like here, I hate to use this, but there are people on TikTok who in their bio, you look at their pronouns, and they are like kitten slash kitten self. And I'm like, man, I'm not I can't call you that. Yeah, I'll call like, you he, she, they. I, I don't care. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing I've struggled with. I'm going to be my same old boring self again and say, <laughs> I, I believe they're like 
morally and ethically, I believe they're two genders, male and female. But like, if you're gonna go out and identify another one, like, go ahead and do it. I guess like, if you tell me your pronouns, I'll call you by it. But like, I won't know any better. Um, personally, that's what I think people err. People say you have to, you should be tolerant of different pronouns. But yeah, I also like, think you need to be tolerant that I might not know your pronouns. I mean, yeah, like people put their pronouns in their Insta bio. But if I don't follow you on Instagram, I'm going to call you what you like yeah, look like. What do you want me to call you? You identify as a she, but like. Your, your name, you have a male name, you, you look like you are a male, like, I guess, by scientific definition. And I call you a he and you correct, like, like, correct, don't like, I don't like when people like take offense to that. Oh, no, you like, shouldn't take offense to it. Like, yeah, I should yeah. take offense to it. If you, yeah, I'll correct myself. Like, I will like, make sure I call you that other pronoun. If like, I call you a he, but you actually identify as a her. But like, um, that that's i think like the extent of it i don't think like i, I don't get these other i'll um, be tolerant like here that they want you to be yeah. tolerant of different yeah, yeah. Um, i'm tolerant of, like my personal beliefs that there are only two genders that like that doesn't mean i won't be tolerant of like if, if you're a transgender i'm still like think it's um like, if you want to do it go ahead and do it but like personally People, i'm not for it People have separated and created new different um, definitions for sex and gender. Um, sex, even even people who believe that there are like hundreds of genders, people, you know, those same people believe that there are two sexes, male and female. And because that's what's on your birth certificate. They're going to put male or female on your birth certificate. And it's going to be, um, you know, whatever is uh, visible from your sexual organs. Like that is your sex. Your gender, people like, you know, that that is what people say is fluid. And those words really do have the same meaning. Yeah, but yeah. I was raised like teachers. Like I've been taught, they have the same meaning. I believe they have the same meaning. Someone called me like, or so, someone said something about being like cisgender. I don't know if that was like another new gender that I didn't know about. So I looked it up and I found out that that's like being having your sex and gender being the same thing. Which I've always thought like sex that's and gender, just gender are interchangeable terms. Your sex is is your gender, um, right? Like I mean, different places. I like think if they, you different websites, if you sign up, it says sex. Different websites say gender because they're the same thing. Yeah, and, and the options actually, are usually the like a lot male, of universities female. now they're saying gender assigned at birth and like gender identified as now. Like a lot of surveys are having this kind of stuff now. I I, I just honestly I don't get it. Personally, I believe there are two genders. There's male and female. I believe that's what God created. That's what God said. But um, I mean, then again, I'll keep my religious beliefs away from my political beliefs. Um. Like, if you want to go out and identify as another gender, uh, I'll accept it. I'll call you by what you want to be called by. But, like, my personal yeah, belief will be different. I want to stop you when you say, I'll call you what you want to be called. And that's why I told you I have a problem with it. I'll call people he, I'll call you she, yeah, I'll call you they. I'm not saying, like, I'm for it, but, like, I don't want to, like, necessarily um, cause offense to anyone or necessarily be mean to anyone by, like, I guess, calling them something they don't want to be called by. Um I'll, if like you asked me to call you something else, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but there are people who literally like to identify as uh, cactus slash cactus self, and I like that. I will not go that far and call you the thing like is, that, and people will be offended if you don't call them that. Isn't a gender? A cactus isn't a pronoun, right? I mean, I'll call you they if you don't like to identify with a uh, gender because it makes you uncomfortable. I'll call you she if you're he if you you know were are male assigned at birth. Yeah, but yeah. it's causing. It's causing actual problems because people are going in, um, having emergency problems uh, when they go to a hospital, and they're telling them their gender is female, and that completely could change your diagnosis if you are 
male assigned at birth and haven't gone through surgery. Like, yeah, that yeah. can completely change your diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, but like, he, she, he, she, and those are, I guess, like, three pronouns that, like, I'll call you, like, cactus, zem, zizi, kid. Right. These are animals, and those are made-up words. I, I, that, that's... That, right, that's he, she, and they are, are pronouns. And people putting pronouns in their bio is... Do you think? Do you think that people should be putting their pronouns in their bio if they're, um, like? Of course, I don't have it because you can assume that I'm a guy. There's a picture of me, and I'm a dude. I have a dude's name. Um, Right. But like, I'm pretty. I'm pretty far left, but I'm not putting my pronouns in my bio because if like people get people put their pronouns so that you don't assume what they are. I want you to assume what I am because that's what I I go by. What you would assume I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like. I mean, if you want to go ahead, do it, especially if you are transgender, because like you don't want people misassuming. But like, if there's no, I mean, I guess if you want to, you can't go ahead. Like, do, I, I'm not against it. I won't stop you from doing it. But like, for me personally, I won't do that. So you know, have you? I'm. I don't know. It's like pretty much a meme. It's not really a serious video. People take into account. But um, somebody saying, you know, would you date a trans person seriously? No, you're transphobic. That's called preference all right and people need to understand yeah. that there's preference yeah I and then there's uh phobia and i don't i don't like the term transphobia being against um being trans is not transphobia phobia yeah, means a, a I'm, fear I'm a of because like i'm a muslim I, w- I wouldn't marry like a christian woman i'd marry a muslim woman that doesn't make me i guess i don't know christian phobic or whatever you want to call it because like you don't want to I guess necessarily marry someone like that. That's that's a personal preference. That's not like having a fear of that kind of a person. Right. So here, this word, I'll I'll put it on the screen. I don't like it because it doesn't make sense. Uh, and then, um, this word I do not like because it's not used right. The word transphobia. Is not used right. Trans meaning interchanging. Okay, so that's fine. Phobia is a fear of. If I am against you being trans, which I'm not, like that's not my personal belief. You know, it's yours, but that's here. You don't believe that people should be trans. You believe that your gender assigned at birth is, you know, like religiously, morally, that's what you think. Yeah, which is completely fine. Like, yeah, yeah I that's, believe that's a belief. Gender, like your gender is what you're assigned at birth. Like you're a male but or. You know. By by what people are defining this word as, you would be transphobic. Because you are against people being trans, but phobia means fear of. I, I hate when people use this word. I'm not afraid of. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid of people being trans. Like xenophobia, fear of aliens and extraterrestrial beings. Like, yeah, I guess that's a genuine phobia. Right. Um, uh, pyrophobia, fear of fire. Or right. Like, I don't know what they call being afraid of clowns. Um, but like. Th- those are genuine fears and phobias, like arachnophobia, fear of spiders and arachnids. Those are genuine, but like transphobia, because I don't believe that, like, because I believe in two genders and don't necessarily believe in like these other third and fourth, like these other genders and trans, like being transgender. That doesn't mean I'm like I'm scared of it. <laughs> Right. People need to stop using that word. Um, I don't know what the word would be if you're going to throw the trans uh, prefix on a word. I don't know what word you would use to describe um, an opposition to, but that's what word should be used. It's not a fear of, it's an opposition to. Yeah. yeah. Xenophobia is accurate. Um, 
you know, arachnophobia is accurate. It's, you know, phobia, a fear of, um, you know, arachno being spiders. So a fear of spiders, but trans would be, um, a fear of interchanging, a fear of interchanging. That doesn't even really mean like trans, like transgender phobia. And right. Trans, trans means interchanging. So transphobia could mean a fear of, uh, taking clothes off and putting new ones on. Like, yeah, here, words are so like commonly misused. Um, well, just the definitions are completely changed. Like we talked about how sex and gender have completely changed definitions. Like, yeah, those are, like I think for like since the beginning. I mean, I don't know how it's like since the beginning of time, they've been considered the same thing. I've been taught like since I was younger. I asked like I've heard gender, gender and sex have been used interchangeably. I've used them interchangeably. I've seen them used interchangeably by countless institutions. But like all of a sudden because someone might take offense to something, we have to change the definition in our, um, the way we do things here. I'm going to, I'm going to say the definition real quick, the definition of, um, from Oxford dictionary of sex. All right. It's, uh, either of the two main categories, male and female in which humans and most other living things are divided on the basis of their reproductive functions. That is not really, um, debated. Like people agree that that is the definition of sex. Yeah. Your sex is like what, um, what you have <laughs> and here's the definition of gender from the same dictionary uh which is pretty much the same but is slightly changed uh to show that it can change it's either of the two sexes male and female so it's you know saying any of the two sexes that are you know sexes being male and female especially when considered with reference to a social and cultural difference rather than a biological one so the definition has now changed which you know it didn't used yeah, to be on like an old dictionary like i guess one from the 90s even one maybe from the early 2000s you'd see sex and gender have basically the same definition and right, the- they could be worded the exact same but yeah. the reason it's changed is because now people look at gender as um you know i'm not saying that i'm opposed to it or against or for it i'm just stating a fact people now look at gender as sex as your biological thing you know your biological yeah, yeah. I, I identity and then gender as your uh social identity which you know, whether you want to, you know, say that those should have a different, you know, should, those should be different, you know, is another topic. And I'm receiving a wave of pain. It's currently at the shoulder. Ooh. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like it's millennials and Gen Z that have completely redefined many words. Yeah. I think- and it's like the social, this, the social justice movement. And I know I'm really for almost everything that's happening. Like, politically right now you know the social justice movement you know lgbtq rights i'm for all of that but i just have a lot of difficulty sometimes yeah, i don't know i think like mine my case-to-case basis like for or against it depends on like the organizations behind it who's supporting it like what the ideology is yeah i would definitely agree and i think people what needs to happen is people need to uh separate uh, secular and religious beliefs, you know, as many people are able to do very well, and some people will just cannot do and will never be able to do that. And people also need to realize that, um, you know, when you're voting or when you're um, waiting for a decision to be made by the government, uh, it's not always going to be economically beneficial for you. Yeah, and but, I think also something we need to realize, yeah, you complain about senators and House of Representative members and, like, even state legislators, but... um what we need to realize is that we're the ones who put them in place. We're the ones who gave them that high office and said, yeah, you make decisions for us because not all of us can make decisions on every little thing and every single bill and every single um, uh, possibility. 
So we're going to put you to do that for us. So when you're disagreeing with them, kind of disagreeing with the person you put in place to, um, like you're saying you're going against the person you put in place to represent yourself. And I think that causes big problems because we're losing sight of why they're there, um, that they're there to represent us. But like, then we put that person to represent us and we know they have some, a certain system of beliefs and that likely aligns with yours. And that's why you chose them to go represent yourself and the people. And, um, we don't realize that like we're the ones who put them in power. We're the ones who give them their power. And um, oftentimes we say, Oh, like they're bad. Why are they there? They should be out. You're the ones who have the power to put them in or out. Yeah. So also um, like here, if you don't like president Trump, which I, you know, do not. um, What we need to look at is people make mistakes when they vote, like people vote and, Later, you're like, I should not have done that. You know, that may happen with Biden. That did happen. You know, if you're looking at numbers, popular vote percentages, that did happen with, um, you know, from 2016 to 2020. Uh, in 2016, um, uh, Trump received 46.1% of popular vote. And this year he received 47. So he did gain, but um, his approval rating went down throughout yeah. the years and, you know people just like senators here uh obama or uh biden got uh kind of um you know flamed for um saying you know i don't know the exact quote and i'm not gonna look it up but he said something like uh it was talking about a bill they passed in the 80s and he said um you know we made a mistake that uh it seemed like a good idea and um you know when it went to action it wasn't beneficial and he got like kind of hit with that. And I'm like, he admitted that they made a mistake. Like things don't always, um, you know, things can sound good. And then in practice don't work. Yeah. 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 I think that's, um, so we realize that, um, like you're caught in the moment. Like we can't grill a founding father now for owning slaves at the time. Like I'm not saying slavery is right. I'm still like, I'm very much against slavery. I, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I, that was probably difficult to know my ideology on that. But um, yeah, if, if you're watching this, uh, please note that Ali Sadiq is uh, not for uh, the owning of uh, people of color or just slavery in general. But like, we can't, I guess, necessarily bash or ruin our, um, a founding father's reputation for owning slaves because owning slaves at the time was commonplace and it was considered a sign of wealth, like a sign that you had a lot of money. Um, and like, yeah, for like nowadays, it's obviously wrong. Like we have, like we're morally against it. But at the time, it wasn't considered taboo. It was considered normal. So we can't really grill them for just practicing something normal. Like in the future, if they're like um, the future generations are completely against um, homosexuality and like the LGBTQ ideas, and then they look back upon us and bash like people nowadays for practicing it. It's like the same idea now. It's more culturally accepted than it may be in the future. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, people need to realize that, um, you know, political beliefs in the country change. Um, your own political beliefs, you know, could be fluid. So, you know, don't get completely hung up on, you know, your current beliefs or things that are happening now because, you know, everything changes, you know, throughout future. Like, just look at government in the, you know, 60s. It's completely different. It's been 70 years, yeah. but it's completely different. And uh, that is just about all the time we have. And, you know, I kind of feel like I'm dead. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you, everybody who watched. Um, and this is 
it's been a while since we recorded an episode, but I hope to uh, get some more guests, have Ali back on, and maybe do some episodes yep. on my own. Um, I want to have, you know, you know, at least I would like to have 15 episodes done, maybe 20 done by Christmas. Um, and then I know that after Christmas, you know, uh, depending on whether I'm in school, depending on anything else, uh, we may see more episodes. But I want to thank uh, our uh, co-host slash guest uh, for the evening, Ali Sadiq. Thank you for uh, spending an hour with us and uh, hope to see you soon. So thank you for watching and thank you, Ali.